Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is by everything. It's at Eric Dalala. Phil, great to be with you on the road. Eric, you tried to run off to the combine, and I was like, not so fast. Yeah, you said you're not going anywhere without me. I said, I'm coming on this one. It was meant to be. And that's because this is a this is kind of a big episode. That's Eric. right. Uh, that's what I would say. I'd say this is sort of maybe like our biggest get. Oh, you think so? I, th- I sort of think so. I don't know. What would you say? Well, I mean, we had George Stoya one time. We did have George Stoya from the Denver Gazette. Yeah, this is a little bigger. This one, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos' new head coach. We went over. We kind of snuck into the Broncos suite. Yeah, with at they, Lucas Oil Stadium, the interview room. Yeah, that's like where they bring in the candidates. Yep, the prospects. The prospects. They're candidates. Yeah, well, the candidates to be drafted. I yeah. think that's how I would say prospects, and that's where they get eighteen minutes with them. Wow. And they just do all kinds of silly questions. They do all kinds of different stuff in there. We snuck in there. Did we get eighteen minutes with them? No. Close. Close. I think we got a nice chat. Yeah, was, uh, you know, we were in there. We got to ask him whatever we wanted to. Nathaniel Hackett. I don't even know yeah. if we've said who it was with. That's what I said, Broncos. Yeah. Are you listening to me? A little bit. Bron- new Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got into all kinds of different things. So it was pretty nice, I think. Yeah. Good. Uh, there was a call and response portion, Phil. <laughs> yeah. I mean. He, he got us going. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Who is it? Who's in charge here? Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, who's running this interview? He we we started asking the questions, but by the end, and, we were not we, we were not in what, charge. We did not know what was going on. No. Yeah. So uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a nice interview that we got coming up here. But, uh, uh, you know, how's your week here at the Combine? Yeah, you know, a little bit of an abbreviated week here, Phil. Normally, I'm, we're here all week. Just, yeah, we just did quick a couple in and out trip. Time. I think that that's a little bit better. Yeah, you, you hear from George Payton. You hear from Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. You heard from some quarterbacks. Yes, we did. On, uh, what is today, Wednesday? Today is Wednesday. Yeah. So you lose track this. of time over here. Yeah, the quarterbacks came through and talked. Uh, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks get the question, uh, what, why are you the best yeah. quarterback in this draft class? Yeah. And I think a lot of uh, quarterbacks in this one, they could make an argument for why they're the best. There's no, like, clear number one quarterback, I would say, in this year's draft. And uh, – we got some interesting answers, Eric, uh, guys from all over the place. One thing that was consistent, though, leadership. The, a lot of quarterbacks uh, seem to think that that's what people are looking for. Yeah, I mean, that's what you need from your guy. And it'll be interesting to see kind of some of the guys will throw this week. Matt Corral from yeah. Ole Miss, he will not throw. No. Still rehabbing. He's rehabbing. But, but, there's but kind he of said this... he's pain-free, though, now. That's good. That is you love good. to be pain-free, but yeah. just an interesting uh, – we'll see how it goes. You, we've got this conversation around the Broncos with the quarterback position. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it. And you've got all these these draft prospects at the quarterback position, and we just have no idea. Are the Broncos going to go that direction, or are they going to make a move on a veteran here huh. in the coming days or weeks? Yeah, uh, I would say one thing. George Payton, he, just, he doesn't really give any hints or clues. No. or He doesn't tip his hand at all. Every option. Everything is on the table. No stone unturned. That is what he said, yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll get into uh, some of the you know, little news items that uh, we heard here in Indianapolis. Eric, uh, if uh, fans want to be a part of the Neutral Zone Nation, NZ Nation, yeah. how do you do that? You could leave a voicemail. That's yeah. one way. 707-NEUTRAL. You call in. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just No, straight to voicemail. Leave a voicemail. Don't, we'll play ben it on Swanson the show. Ben Swanson is not going to be there. No. 
It should be okay, I think. Uh, if you don't want to do that, it's uh, there's a way you could leave an email. Leave an email, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Neutral zones in both of those. That is For true. those that of you playing easy. at home, it makes it nice and easy. Nice and easy, yeah. Um, I don't know what would happen if you sent an email to 707 Neutral. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. Maybe yeah. we'd get a text or something. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know how so. that would work. Yeah. Uh, those are ways that you can be involved in the show. You could also uh, contact us directly on Twitter, at Eric Delilah with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH. That's a nice way to do it, I think. Yeah, non-traditional spellings for those names, but yeah, people have been, they've found us. They've figured out how to do it. Yeah. And then if you're watching on YouTube, which is probably the preferred method, I would say. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see, you, wanna... you know, what does this suite look like? Yeah. I mean, some people, they listen to podcasts while they're driving. Yep. Okay. Some people, they're working out. Okay. Maybe you're running some errands. Well, Maybe... A podcast doesn't get me going when I'm working out. Some people listen to podcasts. I need, though. like, somebody screaming. You need some Bronco. You know? Well, we do scream sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But, uh, but you know, if you really want to, like, focus on what we're talking about, YouTube. Put it on the big you screen down. TV in the Tom living Magnetti room. Tom does it. Yep. You might it's as well nice. do it, too. Yeah, you might as well do it, too. It's on the Broncos official YouTube page, I, at Broncos. I even ironed my shirt, Phil. I know. But no uh, no QZ. This, this no, it's it's unseasonably warm yeah. here I, in the uh I do whatever the it takes steel to get city. a QZ. I, I bring out the lightweight one, the yeah, medium weight. That's true. Yeah. This thing's breathe. This it was is, like, it it's like 60 degrees yeah, here. It is nice, though, in Indianapolis. We've been here where it's uh, close to zero the whole week. It's, been it's a little snowed, bit of a different rained. cold uh, here in Indianapolis than it is back home in New Wind. A lot of wind. It's a little chill. It gets right to the bone. Yeah, that's true. This week, nice, though. A lot of traffic, yeah. though. Yeah, I've been surprised true. with how much traffic Indianapolis has had. There's been, like, we've, I've been honked at several times. Really? Yeah. I'm just trying to too cross the street. Too much honking or no? Yeah, I would say so. What do you think's up with that? <laughs> it's just a busy time. This could be the last time, Phil, it's here in Indianapolis, that we are ever in this convention center yeah. ever again. I like this convention center. Yeah. Makes you just think about, like, your own mortality, you know? It does. It's like, like things that you'll never do. Future. Like I could just never be in here, this room again. Ever. You got to. That's where you got to live. That would be crazy. Where your feet are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You got to be where your feet are. Yeah. I think Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, that's what. In our interview with him, he talks about the YOLO principle. Yeah. What? That's uh, that candy, right? <laughs> Close. No, I think so. A Rolo. Not a sponsor. No. Could be though if they want. If they're up for it. Yeah. If they want to be. If they want to be a part. Anyway, uh, let's dive into our first topic then here on the Neutral Zone. We'll talk a little bit about the news that we learned here uh, uh, in Indianapolis as both George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett met the media on Tuesday this week. Uh, Not anything like, whoa, we're definitely bringing back this free agent, we're doing this, we're going in this direction. None of that kind of stuff. No. Occasionally, you'd get that from, like, John Elway. He would just say something, and you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, he'd, that say, was... he'd say we're going to tender this guy. You know, yep. we're going to place the franchise tag on this guy. We're going to, yep. you know, pick up the option on this guy. George, He's like, not as much. No. Keeps it like, close to the vest. Yeah, exactly. Like, if uh, you're like, hey, the weather is nice outside, huh, George? And you'd be like, maybe. <laughs> it's kind of nice, but maybe it's not so nice. Sometimes it is nice. That's possible. Sometimes it's not nice, you know. <laughs> Got to keep yeah. him guessing. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and the the one thing, though, that he has made clear is that the Broncos need improved play at the quarterback position. Yep. He also told me when I talked to him um, one-on-one. Nice. said that they also got to improve the play around the quarterback. Yeah. So if you think about it, they really just got to improve the play. Improve everything. You got to improve the quarterback <laughs> play, and then you got to improve the play around the quarterback. That's everything. Yeah. But – 
I think that everybody uh, knows that the quarterback is like the major topic of conversation for the Broncos. It certainly has been here in Indianapolis. Anybody talking Broncos, talking about that quarterback position, that's where it all starts. Uh, what did you think about what he had to say, George? Yeah, I mean, at the quarterback position, said you could trade for a guy, you could sign a guy in free agency, you could draft a guy, and he actually brought the trade up himself. Somebody yeah. said, would you prefer to sign someone in free agency or draft somebody? And he said, we could do either of those. We could trade for somebody. I mean, obviously, the, the two biggest names out there, Aaron Rodgers, who knows what he's going to do, knows. retire, go back to Green Bay. It really could change that all, all the time. Yeah, I mean, we could be recording this, and we could get a little little text from George that says, hey, guys, here's what I'm doing. Yeah, We could have to start yeah. over. Exactly. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, maybe. Well, it could be nice if it happened. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, Ooh. so you got the. Ooh, smoke. You okay. I don't know what happened there. Okay, yeah. Uh, everything's going to be okay. Uh, but so you got the, you got that going on with Rodgers. Um, Pete Carroll comes out today and says that John Schneider, the Seahawks GM, is essentially hanging up on people if they try to call about Russell Wilson. So mm. then you wonder, you know, if it's not going to be one of those two guys. You know, what else John Lynch doing? says Jimmy Garoppolo is available. He's going to, you know, if they're fielding calls. He sh- he's having shoulder surgery, but he should be okay. So you kind of wonder, you know, what is the value of that kind of that crop of guys? Or do you go with one of these young players? He mentioned Drew Locke as an option. I know Drew Locke is still an option. That got some kind of play on Twitter because Nathaniel Hackett said, it's a clean slate with Drew. We're starting over. You know, he's – Nathaniel Hackett basically said, Phil, what some people on Twitter have said, which is that Drew's been done no favors by changing offensive systems so frequently. Yeah. So he could be an option. They said, like Teddy, he could come back as a free agent. Really I mean, anything could happen. Which is interesting because I feel like sometimes with, with teams you're like, well, we know they're going to go in the draft for this Do guy. This, or, yeah. you know, We know we're trying to win now and we're going to go after a, a big-time guy. The Broncos could go several different directions, which is kind of going to make the next few weeks really interesting. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, when would you anticipate something – Start the ball starting to roll. Maybe you start hearing some rumors. Yeah, I just I don't know free agency. I mean, that's maybe? kind, of the, that's kind of the interesting thing is that whatever the first domino is, maybe that pushes other things to happen yeah. more quickly. And maybe that's you know maybe it's Aaron Rodgers saying I'm retiring or I'm coming back to Green Bay. Yeah, um, or maybe he's traded somewhere. You know, but the, maybe that kind of kicks things off because then once you see what the market is or. Maybe there is no market. It kind of gets the rest of the things in gear. But you're certainly going to have an answer by the start of free agency in terms of are the Broncos going with a veteran guy? Because if you if you get like three days into free agency and you haven't signed like a maybe even one day, like you haven't signed a big name guy or a trade hasn't happened, I think at that point you've got to assume, okay, we're either going to take a, a rookie quarterback or we're going to run it back and see what Drew Locke can do. Yeah. It- uh, it's just interesting, so much talk about the quarterback position, you know, and they, them feeling that pressure, knowing that, okay, we got to do something here. Life in the NFL does not last for long, you know. I think that if, it, from George's perspective, I think that he's like, we've talked about this so much, we've got to do something here, you know, and especially in this division, you know what I mean? If you want to have any chance of competing, I mean, you can beat uh, Justin Herbert or Mahomes like here or there. But if you want to just be in the mix every single week and, and have an actual chance to win the division, you know, you got to have one of those guys. And, you know, the, the Broncos did not have a terrible season, but they finished last in the division. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not that's not cutting it. No, you, you need better quarterback play. There's no question about that. I think they feel the urgency. It's not going to be like a, well, let's just wait and see 
for another year. Like if, yeah. if they decided we're going to go with Drew or we're going to go with a free agent or we're going to go with a young guy, it's going to be because they view that as a viable realistic, option. viable option to get to the yep. playoffs, you know, to compete for a championship. You'll hear in our conversation with Nathaniel Hackett, we asked him what a success looked like in year one. He didn't shy away from the fact that, you know, yep. they want to compete for a division title this year. And so you need better play from the quarterback position, yep. but it, it just, it's wide open because you could do it in several different ways, yep. you know? I think that uh, the argument for Drew Locke would just be, hey, we're bringing in Nathaniel Hackett under this system, under this tutelage. We feel like he's got a chance to be really successful. And I think that that's, that's really the only way you think that Drew Locke is, is the right answer right now, just because you don't talk all off season about how you got to improve that play if you feel like that guy's uh, already uh, in your building. you know. And you need some sort of plan and conversation with Drew where you could – really specifically say you know here's what we're gonna do or like we feel good about yep. drew in this situation you might you might not have to say it publicly but you've got to be able to convince the locker room you got to be able to convince yeah. the coaching staff the team that like this can work yeah and really uh, a lot of these things maybe might really begin to heat up this week here in indianapolis that's where uh, a lot of the movers and shakers in the nfl you know they're rubbing elbows here uh, all week long so maybe that kind of gets some of these things uh, uh, if they haven't already been going on, it, maybe it'll get get it cooking a little bit more. Yeah, we know there's conversations going on with, you know, agents of free potential free agents. There's yep. conversations I'm sure going on between GMs of different teams. But what I kind of go back to is everyone, and rightfully so, you're focused on the Broncos. You're like, what are the Broncos going to do? A lot of it's dependent on what's everybody else doing. You know, there's yep. a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, and so you know, I think. Broncos fans might view a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Are you okay? Yeah. yeah you kind of just – did I say something? I'm rattled. Yeah, did I say something? I'm, all choked, I'm choked up a little bit. Yeah. Um, where's Ben Swanson with the water when you need uh, yeah, it? Yeah, he's – I think that he's taking a nap back there. Yeah, he's if done his – If you enhance the video, enhance, you could probably see him back there somewhere and he's just taking a snooze. He's done his work. He's taking his photographs for the day. Yeah, and then yeah, I think he was painting something. Oh, well, that's a, a little that's something. a that's a full day's work. But yeah, he is. I I think with like say a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, Broncos fans might view him as like, hey, he's an option if we don't get an upper echelon guy. Plan B. Right, but there's there could be a team in the NFL that views you know he's been linked to Indianapolis as a potential option. Go get him. They're they might just go he, get him. He could be their plan A, and so then you end up with plan C, and so a lot of this is connected. It's not. Only the yep. Broncos here who are interested in, like, Aaron Rodgers, for example. A lot of teams could be interested Want in that Aaron Rodgers. Yep. You know, what happens in Houston with Deshaun Watson? Like, yep. there's, there's a lot of kind of interconnected pieces, and the Broncos are not the only player, and so that kind of bears watching. In the NFL, you either have a quarterback or you're looking to get a quarterback. And that's what George said. He said, you know, that's it. He said everybody's looking for this, not yep. just us. And yep. so, you know, he, he, I think he told Mike Florio, you know, our urgency is at a 10 yeah, out of ten, but it's like that for every team that doesn't have one, and so yeah, it's if not, it's anything less than that, it's like, well, what are you? Even, well, you know, but it's just not as it's not as simple as snapping your fingers and saying yeah. it's solved now. Yeah, you got to make this this happen. You know, now, I was talking to Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football, and uh, you know, he was like, last year's draft class was really good for the Broncos. He's like, but it was also a better quarterback class than than uh, this year's class. 
he was like, you, you know, Pastor Tam was really good, but in the back of your mind, maybe somewhere you're thinking, hey, what if Mac Jones was a quarterback? Like, where would you be right now? Or you know, yeah, or like, hey, Nathaniel Hackett's in here now. What can Nathaniel Hackett do with Justin Fields? Yeah, exactly. You kind of just got that's kind of like somewhere still in the back of your mind. As yeah. good as Pastor Tan was last year, and you hope you know, hey, can you find a quarterback so you can have both Sertan and that guy? Yeah, you know, because Sertan is yeah. a really good player. I mean, oh my he gosh. has all pro potential. Yeah, you know, his rookie season was near nearly identical to what Champ Bailey did as a rookie. Like you talk to people here at the combine, good. and they all say, "Oh yeah, Sertan, that was great." I mean, it was a solid. So pick. you you hope you can get to the point where. You can get away from that comparison, and you don't have to say like, "Oh, oh they, what if they took Sertan over Mac Jones?" It's like that'll well, they, they that'll got... live forever until they get a quarterback. Of course, yeah. So uh, that is sort of the buzz at the quarterback position here, and I I would imagine that we'll start to get some news and, and get get some stuff here next couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah, I, I think you know deadlines kind of create movement, and certainly the start of the league year, teams are going to want to start planning. Yeah. And so, because if you get a guy like one of those top guys, once free agency kicks off, that could dictate a lot of the things that you're trying to do. You know, like if you land a, a top tier quarterback, then you're saying we're going after it. Right. That that you you might do a little bit more spending than if uh, maybe you're like, okay, we'll just draft one of these guys. Yeah, and you, you'll know what picks you have to work with. Yeah, you'll know. Hey, how much can we afford to spend at this? Maybe, yeah. maybe you spend a little bit more in free agency on certain positions. If you, yeah. well, if you know, hey, we're going to go with a rookie quarterback. We got a little more cap space to work yeah. with because it's not going to be the same hit. So, yeah. or George Payton also said, hey, we got to get a right tackle. He just came out mm-hmm. and said we got to get a right tackle. If you land uh, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that, then you really have to get a right tackle. You right. know, like uh, you got to protect those guys. So. I think that everything is going to be predicated upon who's under center for the Broncos. Absolutely. So that that was pretty much the biggest news. You yeah, know, that's sort of the talking points here. In yeah, I mean the the quarterback's the biggest thing, and you kind of hear you begin to hear a little bit about free agents. Yeah. And so Bryce Callahan, yeah. Melvin Gordon, um, Kareem Jackson, Bobby Massey, of course Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell. Those are all the big names at linebacker. One of those guys stand out to you as kind of, hey, I want this guy back above maybe all the others? Um, it might be surprising, but I think like Melvin Gordon, I mm-hmm. know that uh, George yeah. Payne said that he, they want him back. I think that uh, he said he's had some good talks with Melvin. So I do think that having Melvin there helps Javante. I think maybe last year it was like a little more evenly split or maybe even Melvin had a couple more carries here or there. I do think that uh, next year I think Javante is going to be the featured back. And then if Melvin is okay with that role, which I think that he would be, you know, I think that he's okay splitting carries, um, then I, I do think that they help each other tremendously. So if you want that running game to be really good, if you feel like Hackett, some of his uh, uh, offensive system is predicated upon the play action, being able to run the football, I think then you're going to want that running game, and I think that Melvin Gordon could be that piece. If if not Melvin, I would probably say Bryce Callahan. Okay, that's who yeah, I, good good two. slot corner. Those he's two. been when he's been healthy, really just been maybe the best nickel in the league. Like he's he's been really good when healthy. 
can play outside, so a I valuable that, addition there. Uh, having a guy who can line up in the slot and cover some of these wide receivers nowadays, uh, w- wide receivers come in all shapes and sizes nowadays. I mean, uh, you, you've still got guys, huge guys like uh, Corlin Sutton or like Metcalf or like the, of course. that kind of guy. Then you're also dealing with guys like Debo Samuel who are in the backfield, you know. And so, like, you've got to just be able to cover all kinds of different people and to have an asset like a Bryce Callahan who you could say, okay, go guard this guy who might be really difficult for someone else to cover that's a huge asset to have i think yeah i I mean i agree with you number one to me would be melvin i think the questions are you know would he be okay with and this is just kind of me speculating here but would he be okay with 35 40 percent of the carries yeah because i think you know you invested in javante williams by trading up you want him to carry the ball he's really good i do think that uh he he's going to be the the primary right and so like does Melvin want to be the – does he want closer to 50-50? Yeah. Does he want the majority of the carries somewhere? He's still a good back. I'm sure he could find really that. Really good, yeah. And then the second thing is, you know, what? just what is he okay with from a contract standpoint? Yeah, financially it's got to make sense. Because as these running backs get a little bit older, you got to start – Thinking, you know, from a team's perspective, like, okay, how much are we willing to invest in this situation? And from Melvin's perspective, he's probably thinking, I'm not exactly sure how many more years I got left on this body. I'm not going to do this for nothing. Right. So, well, and then there's the fact of, hey, if Javante is the starter and he's getting 70% of the carries, do you want the guy behind him making more? Yeah, exactly. Because Javante on a second-round contract it's not would, pro- would probably crazy, make less than whatever, whatever Melvin, Melvin make. and. Yeah. You know, it's no guarantee these days that a running back gets that second big contract. Yeah. So, you know, you'd hope that Javante's here a long time, but... And they can't do anything to help, like, boost Javante or something like that. Not yet. No. So, it's not like, oh, why don't they just pay Javante more? Right. You can't do that. Um, And then my second guy, you know, I think it's probably Josie Jewell. Oh, Um, okay. You know, Bobby Massey, close for me, just because I think, even though you want to go out and solve that right tackle... Probably I would do it through the draft. I think just yeah. having a guy in Massey would be valuable. That's kind of like an insurance uh, uh, safety net. Got it. But but Josie, I just think, such a cerebral player. We know how much he Very meant smart. to that defense. Um, you got Baron Browning, who's going to come back as a starter, but he's a young player, so to have a veteran like Josie. And hmm. Josie played as well as anybody at the start of last year. You know, yeah. He was probably the best defensive player in that Jags game. Before he got yeah. hurt, he was flying around, and so. I was going to say, I think that if uh, the Broncos still have a one of their top picks, I I do think inside linebacker might make sense. Yeah, you know, they have been looking for like that guy uh, who is like a difference maker at that position. I think if if you wanted to, you could use uh, uh, one of their uh, first two days a pick there. Yeah, I look more, and obviously we'll see how things develop over the coming weeks you know how many picks do they have yeah i mean everything. do they need to go for a quarter whatever it is but yeah to me like edge rusher oh yeah of course you've got to get a you can't just go for like a depth guy yeah i think if you've got a first round pick you got to really consider using that yeah on an edge rusher and get a high impact you know really good guy a jermaine johnson a lot of edge from michigan this, uh... like yeah those are the you need that type of guy and then day two I try to find a right tackle and just kind of get that yeah. figured out. So to me, inside linebacker a little bit less of a of an issue, but obviously you know, like if you find that guy, like a Micah Parsons, yeah, you know, that's a, Dar- what I'm a Darius you can Leonard, rush the passer from all kinds of different positions, then then you got yourself 
in a good a spot. difference maker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. It, I guess um, we'll find out more about this coaching staff by some of these uh, decisions that they make too, you know what they're going to prioritize. But, yeah, George Payton just talked about Bradley Chubb a little bit, said that he hopes that, like, his he, uh, his foot gets better and, like, he's healthy and he's ready to rock. Yeah. He said he thinks he'll be back at that Pro Bowl level. Yeah. Which so if, if he you could – You need another guy, though. If he could play at that sort of level and you could bring in, whether it's a free agent or a young guy or something like that, yeah. and get that pass rush going, that's going to help the back end of the defense, going to help yeah. everybody. you got to be able to rush the passer. Yeah. And he did talk about uh, Jonathan Cooper, yep. uh, Malik Reed, who's uh, a restricted free agent, right? Yeah, they'd have to decide RFA. to tender him at a certain level. Yeah. Tender, huh? Yeah. Chicken tender. No. Oh. Restricted free agent Rest- tender. Oh, got it. Got a little it. different. A little bit different. So, uh, yeah, those are the free agent situation. That's going to get started here in a couple of weeks. Right. So, uh, Anything else that you thought that was of note? No, I thought those were probably the big takeaways. It's interesting based on where this team is. It feels like we're just we're in like a waiting game. Yeah, you know, like a lot of teams, you're like, okay, well, what do you do with this guy? Or like, you're gonna sign this free agent? Or like, like, there's just like a path forward when you know who your quarterback is. And until you until the Broncos know what they're gonna do, it's like, well, how do you plan for what you're gonna do at edge rusher if you don't know? If we're going to be aggressive in free agency, or we're going to attack this in the draft, or yeah. we're you know, it's we're hard to get excited about. We're not the going draft. to have a pick. Yeah, you know, like we just we just don't know what any yeah. of that looks like for the rest of the team until you figure. Like even if you just said, "Hey, we're trading for Jimmy Garoppolo," or we're you know we're going to sign Mitchell Trubisky in free agency, not maybe the like sexiest moves you could make, but at least you know, and you got a direction, and then everything kind of falls into place from here. Yeah, and I. This might sound crazy, but maybe you're looking ahead to next year's draft too, and just saying, "Okay, well, yeah. what is coming coming down the?" It didn't sound, and you know, George is very good at deflecting hiding. and hiding and kind of casting Sneak. illusions. Sneaky. Would you w- play poker against George? No, Payton? no, I don't, I don't really like poker anyway. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Would you? Okay, there's nothing else. Parcheesi. Yeah, gin rummy. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't play against him. You, oh, yeah, because no. you what? You bet tricks. And Jim Rummy? No. I think so. Is that regular Rummy? I don't know. Anyway, um, he said uh, you don't know where you're going to draft the next year. And so, like, That's true. there's all this talk a, about. If you got a guy, you Well, but, like, there's all this talk about a, a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud as kind of these top yeah. quarterbacks next year. Okay, well, what if you draft, you know, what if what if somebody comes in and you go 10 and 7 and you're, you're drafting 16 yeah. or 17, yeah. you know, and now you got no chance to get up to one or two. Yeah. Like, you might be able to get up to five. You might be able to get up to three. But, yeah. like, the Jaguars were not moving off the line for Trevor Lawrence. No, no, what. no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just hard to find this guy. Maybe worth, you think it's worth keeping an eye on the Kyler Murray situation? I don't know. I don't no. Know. You don't, don't think, think so. so? No, I don't think so. I think that that'll get resolved. I mean, I'm just speculating, but I do think. That would be interesting. Uh, if he were to come to Denver, yeah, I don't. Well, I, I just don't know how much. I think you're probably still trying to figure out how good is he. You know, that's probably what Arizona is like trying to. Yeah, do. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. But he also seems he grumpy. Get, yeah, he wants to get paid. So, yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, two time Pro Bowler, right? I mean, two time Pro Bowler success, but maybe yeah. you're like he oh, makes is he, he makes some incredible plays. He also makes some plays where you're like, what What are you what thinking? Happened? Yeah. That playoff game uh, did not go so well. No, it didn't. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that the the main reason probably most people have been uh, wait. They've just been waiting. Yeah, they're like fast forward fifteen seconds, the, fifteen yeah, seconds. Yeah, do, 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 do. yeah. If you nice if you like, there's no commercials. No, we're not. So you, that's why we don't have commercials. Like no. Yeah, but uh, uh, now is the time though. We finally have arrived to the to the main point of this uh, podcast, and that is our conversation with Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett. We snuck into uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. The the guys were like chasing after you. Yeah, I was like, you'll never catch me. You'll never catch me. You were like, I'm Nathaniel Wade. Yeah. Do you call him Nate? You think I will at some point maybe call him Nate, or do you think at some point I think he, you know. I think Nathaniel for now. You still gotta still well, gonna know each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe uh, after next season. Yeah, like at some point yeah, I would expect he'd just call me Nate. Rick. You know, Rick. That's what my friends call me. Oh, really? Yeah, you think that's what he's gonna say? Yeah, that's why you call me Eric. Eric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other week. Rick of the week. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we snuck in there. We set up our cameras, and uh, he spent uh, uh, you know some time chatting with us about all kinds of different things. Eric, we had some fun. We did. And we also uh, talk some serious football. So uh, I hope that you enjoy this conversation. We're at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium at the NFL Scouting Combine, catching up with the Broncos' new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Coach, thanks for being on the Neutral Zone. Hey, my pleasure. What do you think? The Neutral Zone. That's a pretty good name for a podcast, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a little more, you know, go one way or the other. You're either getting better or worse, you know. Now we don't want to stay too neutral. Well, okay. Well, we try to stay neutral on the show. So oh, okay. That's, that's, what, that's good. That's kind of that's what good. we do. Uh, f- tell us a little bit about your experience here at the Combine so far, and uh, what are you looking for? What are you hoping to, d- to achieve this week? Oh, it's been great. You know, um, been able to meet with a lot of guys, have some 18-minute uh, interviews, uh, which you try to get as much as you possibly can out of all the guys, and uh, it's been great, you know, seeing people in person, being able to shake their hand, get to know them a little bit is so so critical. You do the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo? Oh, of course. You kidding me? Extra sauce. The best is watching Tyrone Wheatley eat it. He <laughs> eats it with the crackers and he's freaking out. It's awesome. You load it up. Uh, obviously, the quarterback position, Coach, a big question here for this team. It seems like rookie quarterbacks, they don't get three, four years anymore. They got to play right away. They got to be ready to go. How do you try to figure out if they can step in and and fill that role right away. I'll tell you, it's it's you know I've always said it's probably one of the most difficult uh, positions in all of sports to be able to play. And then when you ask a young man to come out of college, not only adjust to the speed, but all the things that we ask them to do, it's very difficult. I think that's why you know all coaches want those rookies to be able to uh, wait a little bit longer and, and be able to learn a little bit more uh, with, with different quarterbacks, kind of kind of sit in the back. Uh, but I think that you know with with any rookie quarterback that you have out there, you have to be sure you do a great job of protecting him and making sure that you don't. Don't give him the whole playbook, but you kind of slowly give him uh, a little bit here and there so he's successful. I look back at the old days when Joe Montana was first drafted and he was put in in the red zone just to be able to get a couple touchdowns when uh, DeBerg, I think, was playing at that time. So um, it's about building up confidence, about uh, letting the guy learn the system. So it's, uh, it's definitely hard for any rookie quarterback to come on in and be able to be successful. The quarterback position, obviously, is the number one topic of conversation right now. The Broncos have really been looking for the guy since Peyton Manning retired. Mm. Uh, what, what's your philosophy on you know trying to fill that position? How crucial is it that you have that guy 
to win in today's NFL. Yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, we've got to get Peyton. We've got to talk to Peyton and John, see what they can do, get them back here. Um, but I think, hey, listen, every single team, a lot of it is how the quarterback plays. I mean, it's the most important position in the NFL. Like we said, it's the most difficult position to play also. That's why it's so hard to be able to get a guy who can go out there and be successful. Um, I think the starting point is whoever that guy is, is for them to understand uh, the support that I'll give that person and the things that I'll do to try to build it around that quarterback. Because to me, that's the only thing that matters. Whatever that guy can do well, that's what I want to continually do and, and just make sure that they're always feeling that can't-stop-me mentality when they walk out there. So I think whoever it is, uh, that's where we're going to have to get that person. When you get that guy in place and you come in off-season workouts, OTAs, that sort of thing, what, what's the first step to getting this thing kind of turned around? What's, what's the number one priority? Um, from a standpoint of the quarterbacks? Or just team. How, do you, how do you get them going? Well, I think right out the gate, they got to get, I mean, it's a new whole group. It's a new staff. It's a new culture. It's just a totally different feel. So I think it's just them coming in the building, getting to know me, uh, kind of starting to build those relationships. Because I think that as you build a relationship with a player, that's when you can communicate, you can talk, you can coach them, you can kind of learn from each other. So I think that uh, as we move forward and once the phase one gets here into the, the veteran mini camp to the phase two, all those, it's just about everybody getting to know each other, understanding the systems, understanding each other because that as you build that trust which you know we have to do pretty quick because we got you know the season's right right around the corner before we blink it'll be here and uh, I, I think that's really the, the main thing once the season does get started what is this thing going to look like what what kind of head coach do you envision uh, yourself being are you going to be a kind of guy who's like every fourth down we're going for it uh, are you going to be really super aggressive like before halftime that kind of thing like well, what is this going to look like I think if we just said it was going to be one way, I think that that would not be not a, a good thing idea. to say. Um, I think that every game is so unique and so different. I mean, every week the, the entire thing changes, the defense that we're facing, the matchups that we have. I think you have to be very analytical on every opponent that you're going to go against, and you have to be sure you understand what the right way to be able to win a game is. And it's about the team. It's, it's not just offense. It's not just defense. It's not just special teams. But it's about all three phases being able to come together, support each other, and do whatever it takes to win. I know we're going to want to score a lot of tugaliciouses. What's the plural of tugalicious? Tugaliciousnesses. Okay. Where did that come from? You know, a lot of the things that happen, I don't know how it started. I just, you know, once you get up there, just things just naturally uh, start happening. I think I started the, uh, you know, um, the tugalicious. God, it might have been. Even I might have been in Buffalo or earlier. You know, we'd always say, "I say tuggo, you say licious, tuggo, licious, tuggo, licious." See, that's good. You guys like that one, didn't like you? <laughs> no doubt. What What does success look like in year one for you? I know we're not even in the off season program yet, but if you, you know, we're we're sitting here a year from today. Hopefully, you'll have us back. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sitting here. What does success look like? I mean, hey, it's about putting that product on the field, getting the fans excited, having explosive plays on offense, getting takeaways on defense, special teams getting moving the, uh, getting yards and making explosive plays also. So um, I think, you know, everybody says, you know, hey, you got to do this and you got to do that each year. But I think that it's just everybody feeling the progress, feeling the energy. Um, for us, it's always about getting to the playoffs. I mean, in the end, that's what we want to do. I mean, that's why we do this is to get to the dance. And once you're there, then, hey, it's a totally new ball game. So I think that – you know, for me, you know, I'm always going to look to try to get to the playoffs, always look to win the division. Those are the things we'll always talk about in the building. Um, it's going to be a challenge, but that's what we're always going to be focused on. 
Uh, we talked a little bit back uh, about quarterbacks here. Uh, obviously, you were working with Aaron Rodgers most recently. Then before that, a guy like Blake Bortles. Uh, when you see that it's working and it's clicking, uh, how do you measure that? Or how do you know, okay, we got something special going here? You know, I think it's a little bit about efficiency with also getting those explosive plays at the same time. I think, uh, golly, in 2020, uh, that year offensively was pretty special. I mean, watching the guys being able to execute both with the explosive plays and methodically going down the field. I look back at 2017 season with uh, the Jaguars. It looked a lot different than it did in 2020, but we were still one of the best offenses in the league, and uh, it was a little different emphasis putting it more on the run. Um, so I think that you know, once we get the team together, once we understand who they all are, it, it's about what those guys do best and what's the right thing for the Broncos at that time. And again, that can change over and over. You never know what your roster is going to look like in Week 12 compared to Week 1. So uh, I think it's just about continually adjusting and doing what's right for the team. With the coaching staff, you brought in some young guys, a lot of potential there. Is it kind of how do you feel about that group and what gives you faith that these guys are going to get it right and you know, how do you, how do you kind of grade them? Well, I think it starts with me. I mean, you got to grade me. I'm the one that's uh, going to be up in front of the guys and trying to support the guys and uh, bring the best out of them as much as the players, but also the coaches. Uh, when it comes to that youth, when it comes to that uh, experience term, we all say, uh, you know, I've been on a lot of different staffs, a lot of different groups, a lot of great experienced guys, inexperienced guys. You know, the best staff I was on was at Green Bay. And it, we had a lot of inexperience. I think we had a first-time quarterback coach, a first-time O-line coach, a first-time tight end coach, and a first-time wide receiver coach in the NFL. And the idea was, is, hey, we just wanted to bring people in that room that we could all get along with. And we would all be humble, be able to work together and support each other. And I think that's what we wanted to create here, is take out some of those uh, experience terms and just say, hey, let's just judge the individual as a person and how they would work in that room. Because we spend a lot of time together. I mean, especially during the season, I spend more time with them than my own family. And um, they become my family. So I think that you have to have that relationship. You have to understand the kind of person and character they are. We certainly felt that shift in the building. You know, there's just a little more energy, that kind of thing. Um, talking about the current team, I know that you guys have spent a lot of time going through the roster, kind of a, understanding what you have so far. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot of young talent, uh, guys like uh, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams uh, in the backfield there. What do you think about this offensive uh, side of the ball here? We're going to need a lot of plays to get all those guys the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, we got to get a lot of first downs so we can continually <laughs> distribute it all over the place because they're all going to want it. Um, you know, they're a great group of men. And uh, I think, you know, just being able to talk with them, haven't gotten to know them as well as I want to just because you know, it's the off season. Um, but I'm very excited to work with all of them. I'm excited for them to get in the building, uh, kind of get to know me. And, and I think that's kind of the most, like we said earlier, it's about those relationships that you gain so that. Uh, when I get up in front and I talk about different plays, that it becomes their plays and they understand I'm here to support them and make them as, as great as they possibly can be. Coach, last one for me. I know we're here at the, the Colts Stadium. I don't know if you've been down to Empower Field yet, but have, have you pictured that first – game that first win being in the locker room kind of what that'll be like as a head coach no you got to go day by day right now there's so many things that that i look forward to getting done and so many different tasks at hand that you know it's about one day at a time because if i look too far ahead my head would be spinning it's already spinning uh non-stop i'm so excited every day i walk into that uh that building at the office so uh it's a i, I look forward to it it's going to be great but there's a lot of work to be done before that
Uh, last one for me here, and then we'll let you go, Coach. Uh, just your personality. Uh, uh, how how are you so authentic and true to who you are, and no matter what situation you're in? I mean, uh, even up at the podium here in Indy the other day, you're just yourself. You're comfortable. Uh, have you always been that way? Like uh, you're. I guess I don't know how to say this, but like, uh, not a lot of NFL coaches are the way you are. I guess you know. Well, I appreciate I mean? that. I, mean, I, I, I think mean, that's great. a good thing. Like, um, yeah, of course. Like you're you're well rounded. I guess is what I'm saying. Like we were talking to. Uh, Peter Schrager uh, just recently, and he said that you were like, called him one time, and you're like, hey, I'm going to be in New York. I'd like to go check out this Harry Potter play or something. That like, was a great right? play, by the way. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, like, and he was like, what? You know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you only live once. There's so many amazing things to experience in life. And uh, I think as long as you're organized and efficient, you can be a great football coach or whatever profession you pick and still be able to do a lot of other things. And, you know, my wife and I, we want to make sure our kids get to do a lot of different things and they get to experience a lot of different things and uh, travel and hike and all that stuff. So, uh, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to my mom, my grandma, you know, they're, uh, you know, my dad, he, he was a coach for a long time. So I'm lucky I got his knowledge of the game. Um, but, uh, but you know, my mom and my grandma, they were the ones that uh, I think brought the personality in uh, that allowed me to be who I am. It's important not to be like sort of have this huge ego or that kind of thing. I mean, you're very humble. You make us feel comfortable here, you know, like, but some other coaches, they're like, I'm the guy, and I'm, I'm this genius, you know, but you don't really carry yourself that way. You know? Hey, look, we're all learning. I mean, I'm the first one that, that knows that I don't know everything, and I think the more knowledge you have, my dad always told me the line, knowledge is power. And I think that the more knowledge you can get, and you can get knowledge from everybody, from whether it's the media, whether it's a fan, whether it's the players, uh, the more that you can grow as a person gives you more strength and more ability to be able to communicate and talk. And um, I, I just think that's so important. I never want to stop learning. You know, that's why I loved all the things I studied in college and all the different things that I've done is, uh, you know, just, just again, just getting that knowledge more and more and more because it just makes you uh, be able to have more answers to questions. Hopefully the next time we're sitting down, maybe we have a glass of wine. We can talk. Some I love wine, that. You know? We can definitely talk yeah, some of the maybe wine. Like a weekly segment, huh, Coach? <laughs> hey, that, you don't need to tell me twice. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate your time. Thanks for inviting us into the suite here and uh, getting a chance to know you a little bit better. Awesome. Hey, it's been great. Our thanks to uh, Nathaniel Hackett for spending some time uh, with us. Uh, you got some good stuff out of him. Oh, I mean, you did too, Phil. It was that was an enjoyable conversation. Good little rapport. He's easy yeah. to talk to. Makes you really feel welcome, easy. as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, very generous with his time. I enjoy talking to him. Just hanging uh, I like out. the part where he said, "You know, I say tug, you say licious." I think we did a nice job. I followed exactly what I he told me. Followed to instructions. Yeah, that's what he told me to do. So yeah. I just did it. He does have a way about him that you, you know you kind of feel relaxed and you feel like, oh yeah, okay. you know, I like this guy. But I will say like, um, there's this notion that he's like a, a genius and like he's like a quarterback whisperer and he's yeah. like this. But he doesn't carry himself that way. At no, all. he's not arrogant. Like he's very at all. relaxed and he's very comfortable. And, I think when you are really good at something or you know something really well, yeah, you don't feel the need to tell people about it. You don't yeah. feel the need to like act like you're better than a person you just know yeah. hey hey i'm comfortable i know i'm a good football coach i know i'm i know i know a lot about offensive uh schemes you know like there's no reason to be arrogant about it and no he's a very easy uh down-to-earth guy yeah enjoy talking with him great to hear kind of a couple of different things there i thought you know his philosophy about 
you asked him, hey, are we going to go for it on fourth down? Are we going to yeah. score at the end of the half? You, He said every situation is a little bit different. He doesn't yeah. want to commit to one thing. Because I, I would say, like, you talk to Brandon Staley right. with the Chargers, and you he's go. like, we're going for it. Right. Like, this is like just a philosophy that we have. In the past few he, years, the Broncos have been a little conservative. Yes, particularly, I would say, before halftime. And I, I would say, too, you know, not not all fourth downs are con- you know, are created equally. I would say when yeah. it came push to shove about like really critical fourth downs, like against the Chiefs or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the Broncos punted or kicked field goals. Yeah, I think I think it has to just do with your mindset a little bit, you right. know, like from where you're coming from. Like I would imagine that Vic Fangio often thought, look, we're going to play great defense and we'll just get the ball back. Yeah. But maybe if you have an offensive-minded head coach like Hackett or something, you're like, no, I want to do it. with a, We're in control with the ball, so let's go for it. Right. Hey. He didn't really say that. He He's kind of – he's also been playing things close to the best here where you're like, what's this offense going to look like? What are some of your guiding principles? What are some of the things that you really believe in as a football coach? He's not really s- indicated those things. Right, and I think that's good – Long term, you know, like when you get to the playoffs or you're in a, a matchup against a tough team, got to be able to adjust. Like we talk about this being a passing league, but he said, "Hey, when we were in Jacksonville, we ran the ball really well." Yeah, and they they came really close to upsetting the New England Patriots and going to the Super Bowl yeah. down there. So uh, you know, I think on a week to week basis, being able to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have Javante carry the load this week," or we're gonna have this quarter, this unknown quarterback, you got to win out. different ways. Yeah, and so I liked that he. He kind of, I think the principles will stay the same, but being able to adjust week to week is such a big thing in this game. And if you don't do it, you get beat. And so, you know, we we talked a lot when Nathaniel Haggett was first hired about he's going to give you an edge in a certain area. I think we heard him talk in that interview a little bit about the edge he gives you. Yeah. You know, and he's going to be in charge of his offense, you know. So, like, uh, that's something to pay attention to. He he also mentioned that, like, uh, uh, the game plan has to be built around the players that you have on your roster. And he hasn't had a chance to really spend a lot of time with these guys. He doesn't know like what each player likes to do or versus like was forced to do before. And I, I do think that's important. Just being able to say like, look, like maybe my quarterback's really athletic. Okay. We got to use that as a weapon, uh, even though maybe I'd rather not, but look, these are the players I got. Right. We got to go out and win with these guys. I think that that's an important part about being a head coach too, and it seems like heck, it's about that. Yeah, and I, you know, I just got a sense from that conversation that he's ready for this. He's excited. Um, I liked that he didn't shy away from the goals we talked about. Like yep. they want to compete for a division title. Yep. They want to make the playoffs. You know, they want to compete for championships. This is not something where like they're they're kind of minimizing expectations. They know. Yeah. And by they, I mean George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. Kind of, they know what's expected. Yeah, I mean, I think that like uh, it's been it's been a, a long time where the Broncos like their offense hasn't really been that great. It's been a mostly a defensive focused uh, approach. I think that it's been like that for a long time now, and I think people are ready. They want they want some explosive plays. They want some exciting plays. Some tugalicious. They want to win. Yeah, he didn't really know it. The plural. No, I like tugalicious. I think. With an eye or like a cat, like a cacti situation. Yeah, it's kind of a hard word to yeah to make plural. Yeah, everybody was talking about tugalish. Yeah, everybody's yeah. talking about it. Yeah, yeah. you got to know what that means now. Well, now we know. Yeah, what do you think about like the energy in the building right now? Like uh, you can feel that he's brought some of this different uh, 
You think there's like a different culture now? Uh, yeah, I think so. And you know, it's all it's easy now, right? You haven't played a game. You Honeymoon haven't, phase, you haven't lost sure. a game, Honeymoon and phase. so right now it's easy to be upbeat and say, "Hey, this young coaching staff is going to be great. Yep. You know, we're going to score a lot of points. This defense is going to improve on last year." Like those things are easy to say now. We got to we got to see them do it. They got to fight through some adversity, and we'll see how that goes. But not only like can you kind of tell that some of the players that have been around like that they're excited, but I think a lot of the coaches that we've met, the young coaches on this staff, mm-hmm. they're excited to be there. They're excited to be a part of this. For some of these guys, it's like their first real shot. Yes. What did you think about Hackett? He said, like, I wanted to remove the number associated with their experience yeah. and just look at them as coaches. Yeah, just hire good teachers. teachers. Uh, don't worry about the experience. Do you think that that's a, a solid approach there? I mean, there, there are times when experience can help, right? Yeah. And, like, having Dom Capers on your defensive staff will help. I, having Nathaniel Hackett, yeah. who has, what, six, seven years of offensive coordinator experience yeah. will help. More than that with, when you count the collegiate level. But I think there's something to be said. Like, you have kind of these coaches that have been either a head coach or a coordinator, and they come in at, at a lower position, right? Like, they've been fired from this job. And they view it as, or it can feel like they view it as, like, I just got to do a good job at this so I can get back to where I was. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. I was an offensive coordinator. Now I'm a quarterback's coach. I want to just do a good job here and get out of here and be back to being an offensive coordinator. I yeah. think there's a value when you have young guys who have never done this before and they're like, this is my, my first shot. shot. Like, you know, Justin Outen is probably, he's probably excited as heck to get out there and prove himself and say, I can do a really good job at this, and so I think that leads to maybe working a little bit harder, put going yeah. that extra effort, putting your heart and soul into it. And the bottom line is it it hasn't worked the other way, so yep. why not just see Try if this it. works? Try it, yeah. Clint Kubiak, really the only person who's he's was the offensive coordinator with the Vikings, now right. he's a quarterback coach. But yeah, in and the, I'm in not, the past, of course, not taking a shot. At no, Clint. no, no. I was going to say, uh, uh, in the past, like guys like Mike McCoy have been right. a head coach. There's, there had been like maybe a feel like, hey, if you do a good job as an OC here, you'll get another chance at a, as a head coach. Right. You know? And I think, that, if that I remember properly, he was open about like, I'd like to be a head coach yeah, again. I think that was clear. Yeah. Um, exactly. You know, I assume Pat Shermer wanted to be a head coach again. Yeah. When you, and I think that it's. I think so. It can be tough when you start losing, and that's the case, because then it's more of like a, oh, here we go again, or yeah. you know, I'm not going to be able to get to where I want to go, and so you just kind of get resigned to losing. Yeah, these guys, I think, are just going to be like, Ajiro Avera is just going to be fired up to get going. Opportunity, You're fired up. Yeah, I think so too. Nice job on the name. Thanks. Like the last week I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Avero. Avero. Yeah, but I think some people call him EJ. <laughs> that is easier. Have you? I think they call him EJ. You know, I like to like people pronounce my name. So, you know, Delilah, yeah, Delilah is not a not an easy. You look at that name, you're like Delilah. Yeah, you get Delilah, that. A lot. Uh, you get that a lot. Like if people take the time to learn how to say my name. I want to learn. I want to take the time to learn how to say people's names. And if they want to go by EJ or whatever, happy to do that. But yeah, I, I heard I, people calling him EJ this week. I don't like so. the like this name is too hard. I'm not going to learn it. Ooh, like Albert O. Yeah. 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 We know it. Yeah. Did you say it right? I did say it right. Okay. Yeah. I definitely said it right. Um, but, yeah, God. just a lot of nice little uh, kind of nuggets there from Hackett. Oh, I think you personality. Can, you, yeah, you can tell, like, we weren't asking him hard. too much hard-hitting stuff, but you just kind of feel like a connection to the guy. And you could see how – You could if, see how you could do if, that with players. Yeah, if you were a player that, you know, 
whether he's teaching you about the offense or he's talking to you about life or whatever, how you'd be like, I want to play for this guy or I want to spend time around this guy. I want to yeah. make this guy proud, you know, like yeah. that sort of thing. I think you you get that. And yeah. he, uh, something else I admire, Phil, he just, he's loving this. Yeah, he does seem to be like He was up at the wave. podium he at the combine. He's like, well, this is so cool. Yeah. He's uh, authentic all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's like, whoa, I got to be this guy or that guy. He's like, I'm just going to be me. And that, and you know, all the advice people yeah. give you is they say you got to be yourself. Yeah. And so. There's no, like, other coach out there that he's trying to be like this guy. No. And it's it's kind of a new wave. Like, I would say he and Mike McDaniel are similar in a lot of ways. A lot, a, energy, kind of a lot like of energy, kind of a lot of energy, a little like quirky, yeah, um, kind of like into the data and, and that sort of thing, yeah. And it's just a, kind of a new wave of coach where, yeah. you know, I, I don't. Think, Vic has been doing this a long time, but Vic would never have been like, "I say tub, you say licious." No, that was not his style, which is okay. No. Everyone's got their own style, but yeah. it's just kind of it's cool to see him like fully embrace. Yeah, yeah, being himself. Vic was himself. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so if that's what you want, that's what you that's what you're going to get. Right. So, uh, I do think that the players really like him. I was talking to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Um, just I don't know if you've noticed, but I've plugged a couple of interviews that are on the Broncos. With you've done a lot page. of work. I've Sometimes I get worried about you. You're, I'm like, like is Phil working too hard? Doing, you know, when they didn't haven't let me on the road, you know, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, when I get my chance, I'm going to just my, get everybody my opportunity. Right. I can't blow it so i gotta anyway so i was talking to tom pelissero i didn't know this that when hackett interviewed with the falcons last year yeah aaron Rodgers like picked up the phone and like really stumped for him wow i like, called Who? the falcons aaron Rodgers. you know who that is that's a quarterback guy that's the guy who uh i think maybe he won back-to-back mvps or he did a like cleanse that, something like that yeah you were trying that out how did that go <laughs> Not was well. It? Yeah, Not I was well. like, you were like, I want to do this while I we're read, at I read like at the step combine. three and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you were like, I want to do this while we're at the combine. I was like, you should really do that while you're at home. Yeah. Like maybe if you need to see a doctor or something, you have yeah. that. You're like, no. I, think, I was, I was, I was doing that shrimp cocktail cleanse. You only <laughs> eat shrimp cocktail for a whole the week. The horseradish. Yeah. That clears out everything that on yeah, its own. That'll get yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is, that's a different approach. Yeah, very different. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers like picked up a phone and like called and was like, yeah. "This is this guy," and so I think being able to connect with a guy like Rodgers, that shows you like, "Hey, look, I can connect with young guys who are like just starting out, and I can connect with veterans who res- who I'll earn their respect." You know, like that said a lot to me. Yeah, no, and I think you see him interact with different reporters, you know, here during scrums or just gaggle, a, a, a little gaggle, a, a scribe scrum, like that sort scribe of scrum. situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just, he has a natural ability. To, like, he he disarms people, I think is a good way to yeah. put it. Like you're naturally, I think, a little bit like buttoned up you're or you want, you want to like just you want to be professional. He just really quickly, Relax. he relaxes you, he disarms you. Yeah, very comfortable. Yeah. Of course, that's all very nice when. Uh, yeah, nice to say now. Yeah, but when you if if you start winning, it's going to only go up. Of course, if it, if it's the no one other way. the one question we didn't ask him that maybe we save for the next thing is next well we're going to do wine with him as a yeah the wine that's next week. I just want to know, you know, does he think he can come for Lafleur's sexiest coach in the NFL? Oh, we should have asked him that. Yeah, that is true. Might have a hard time. I, well, I think you'd have a funny answer to that. Yeah, he would have had a funny answer. You were thinking of some funny stuff. 
yeah, you're like, you're like, like tell me about tell the me DVOA about and the two way go, and I'm like, like what? How much of that shrimp cocktail you eating? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know you were like, the real. Yeah, things. you were mad about that. You were like, don't waste a question on that. No, no, no. I love that. I like the flavor. We switched it up. You were like the. I was the just stats serious. guy, yeah, and I was emotional. emotional. Yeah, you're just yeah. so emotional. You got a little emotional at the end. You were like, "I love I you crying. so much." Yeah, I was like, "Why? How are you this way?" Yeah, you're like, yeah. "You're amazing." How? How are you this way? He, he is like, uh, not like other NFL no. coaches, I would say. Yeah. You know, you go. You they got we're all like, these podiums set up huh? here. They got all the coaches. They're a little bit different than yeah, Coach Hackett is. That's true. And so it is interesting. You know, we're at the we're at the combine, and you see all these coaches doing press conferences, and yeah. To see, there's so many different types of people. Yeah, you know, like you got the serious, you got kind of the the eccentric, you got the young guys, the older guys. Yeah. Like you see Pete ones. Carroll up there, who's been doing it for forever. Yeah. You know, right next there's to like a, to do it. like a Nick Sirianni who's wearing yeah. a, a Sixers jacket. It's just it's a different. Yeah. It's cool to see Sirianni similar to Hackett. You High so? energy, some quirkiness. I, I think that if you win, people will like him. You know, yeah. Oh, you don't think so? Is that was that a mistake? I'm glad Nathaniel Hackett is the Broncos head coach. Oh, really? Because I didn't think that's Sirianni all, yeah, went that's over a lot of people in Philly later in the yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. I, I yeah, I don't want to get. Like, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to. So I don't need to be. More. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. Just, uh, <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful. Oh, okay. Okay, that's why I just thought like a high energy. I'm glad Nathaniel Hackett is the coach. Okay, I think that's fair. I, what that. what will be interesting is. And maybe we talk about this, you know, closer to the season or whenever you want. Maybe we talk for 15 more minutes right now. Like the the Kevin O'Connell, Mike McDaniel, oh, you think Nathaniel like Hackett, kind of like together? It'll be interesting to kind of look back and see which of those guys Ooh. worked out the best. I think it's possible all three of those guys work out. They all seem to have dynamic personalities. It's so hard. I yeah, mean, yeah. You just don't know it's going to happen in the quarterback. You got to have a quarterback to win. Of like course. If, if the Broncos make a big move here or something, then Hackett's going to have some immediate success. Right. Here. But it's but you know, yeah. when you're an offensive guy, what can you do with an average quarterback if yeah. you have to deal with that? And so if he can do something there, you've got a better chance of succeeding than yeah, like than Vic did with an average quarterback. Yeah, that's true. But maybe Sirianni and I good uh, comparison. What about what about like um, Tony Romo to the color analyst? You know, uh-huh. like he brought in this youthful energy. Jim? Doesn't do it exactly Jim? the same way that like all these people have done Jim? it for years and years. And people really like this. They say it was refreshing. Yeah, but people are people are kind of over the Roma, right? Some people are. Some people are. Yeah. I don't. I don't you could. I don't know that there's a good comp. Right a good, now. He is who he is. Yeah. Okay. Let's let him be him. Okay. You know. Okay. Uh, anything else from the interview you wanted to touch on? Or no, I don't think so. I hope people I hope people nice enjoyed that. Yeah. We worked. I mean, we ran. I, we might have to get out of here too, yeah. because I think they're still looking for. Yeah, still looking for you. There are like two. I changed shirts. Yeah, that's why you don't have your quarter zip. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, they they, they saw it. There are like two guys with the really really nice hair. That's right. And yeah. um, quarter zips. Right. Yeah. Stunning facial features. Bone structure. Yeah. Really. Really, yeah, that's what I'd say. Okay, um, well, it's been an enjoyable week here in Indianapolis. We it always has. enjoy coming here. For, uh, we're sitting at Radio Row right now. You know, you get to see some of our uh, peers. That's right. You get to chat. You get to feel a little pulse. Yeah, the, the vibe, yeah. the buzz. So this was sort of a special episode of the Neutral Zone. Next week we can get back to emails. 
Yeah. NC I mean, Nation. next week we're going to have to start getting into some free agency, what's going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's, it's the league nice year is around the corner. Start. The offseason's yeah. over, Phil. You know, it's funny. You know, they, a lot of people are talking here that, like, the Super Bowl ended and boom, the combine's, like, immediately after like that. that. And you just kind of keep on rolling. You know, that extra week of the season really pushed everything right into each other. And now free agency's coming. Especially, up, so. you know, you have a coaching search. You know, yeah. There has not been much of a break. No. You Which got, is good. That's how the NFL We'd miss is, each right? other. Yeah. And then April, the first week in April, you're Yeah, April 4th, the Broncos the program. are allowed to report. I don't know yet when they're going to report, but they're allowed to report the 4th. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what they do. If you're allowed to, you probably do it. Well, last year they boycotted. Fake fake boycott? Gotta get to work. Partial boycott. Was that last year? I don't know. I would call it a boycott. Oh. They didn't. They didn't attend voluntary phase one. That first one. Yeah, yeah that's true. That is right. That was uh, the players' union, right? Yeah. Yeah, they all got together. That's true. So. Okay, but next week we'll get back to it. Let us know what you thought about the interview. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed Hopefully you that. liked Leave it. Leave some comments. Let us know what you think, and maybe we'll read the best ones next week. That would be great. Leave a voicemail. Yeah. yeah what, um, last week we did not do shout-outs. Do you have any shout-outs this week? Yeah, shout-out to Liz Gerald's. Some of good, course. Some good community. Some really good community yeah. stuff coming up. Yeah, that's true. Players are getting back soon. I was going to say New era uh, the NFL community. put on a nice combine this year, I would say. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It was, it was nice. They've been working hard, you know, putting it together. So First in-person one in a couple of years. Yeah, that's why I was, you know, um, it's kind of nice to be back. It is so nice to be we'll back. Hope, hopefully things uh, keep trending this direction. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. So, all right, we'll be back next week. But until then, for Eric Dalala, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral Zone. Zone.